0: Welcome back to this brand new episode of Warped Celluloid. I'm your host, Jack Rourke, with my co-host...
1: Chandler Williams.
0: How's it going, Chandler? I'm
2: alright, Jack. How are you?
0: I'm just vibing, man. I'm just... You know, just getting through this quarantine like everyone else. Yep. Let's just... I mean, let's not beat around the bush. What film are we going to be talking about today?
1: Today we're going to be talking about Greener Grass.
0: Okay, Dennis, take a step to your left...
2: Bob, let's see that smile. Don't
0: you talk about my facelift! He doesn't smile anymore.
2: Oh, I'm losing Twilson, if you could just rotate him forward for perfect. You're here first. I'm never first. Julian? (laughs) What is he doing? Julian, are you a dog now? It's him. Oh, Julian, you need your glasses to see the board. I miss human. I have Julian here. He's a dog now.
0: Hi, Julian. Raja, you can play with Julian at recess.
1: So fast. It's incredible. Oh, that's who you were meant to be. My son.
2: Julian's not invited back to Math.
1: Did you think he was gonna become an accountant?
0: Wait a second. Wrong husband. Oh,
1: what's he doing? Lisa, you kiss like your friend.
2: She's so cute. Lisa, do you want her? Are you sure? Take her. She's yours now. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Would it be possible for me to get the baby I gave you back? I don't know, Jill. It doesn't hurt to ask, right? It did hurt. I didn't like it. Julianne, wash
1: up. Dinner's ready. No, it's not. Is everything okay?
2: Jill, are you happy? I don't know. Maybe you should get a divorce. Oh, yes! Ah! I have to get out of here.
0: Out of bounds. So your experience with you, this film, is a little bit different than mine. I just saw it on Who, on who One Day. I'm like, okay, this looks interesting. And you saw it before me, and I'd actually like to hear you tell me a little bit about, about that.
1: Yes, I saw it uh, at my college's uh, film festival, which is pretty cool. They uh, actually had the directors there, um, and they spoke before and after but, um, about the film. Uh, it was pretty interesting, and they're, they're also the stars.
0: All right, I keep forgetting it was them because I remember... I remember there was other people, that, like, they got Beck Bennett from SNL in the cast, too, which was kind of surreal.
1: Yeah, it was, so uh, I, I definitely edited to edit it. Swim types. Oh, yes, this is a very, very adult swim.
0: I had a friend describe this to me as, uh, Todd Salons meets Tim and Eric. <laughs> which I could see that. Not wrong, not wrong. Thoughts on the movie? Let's just get into it.
1: Um, I, I liked it a lot as soon as um, I walked out of the theater, but after mulling over it for a few days,
2: I don't know, I, it seemed kinda hollow, but I don't know. We'll get into it. What about you?
0: I thought it was okay. I'm being serious, I just thought it was kind of okay. And like I don't want to say let down, but I was a little underwhelmed. I was a little
1: underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked the um the whole like surrealist comedy like, lighthearted surrealism. Um, I don't know, but it I got kind of too used to it um, towards yeah. the
0: end. I was going to say, like, I think the the pro- the main problem is, I think, it t- one, it tips its hand too early, and two, it doesn't build to an interesting enough denouement towards the end. Like, if they're going to go dark at the end, they needed to go really, really dark.
2: And yeah.
0: I was going to say, like, you need a good payoff if you're going to have this much of a slow burn. Actually, Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this based off a short film?
2: I'm not sure. I they they
1: talked about um they did like individual skits which became part of the film, like which they redid it and that um, makes sense. Film like with the dog, um and like in the the opening scene of the soccer game, um they they said those were all like individual skits.
0: I was Um, gonna say that makes sense considering how loose the movie feels.
1: Oh, very loose.
0: There part actually, this is going to be weird, like, speaking of TV, this reminded me a bit of Twin Peaks. Oh. Really? Yeah, a little. There were a couple moments that remind me, like, okay, this is the same, like, dialogue and flow of Twin Not as good, but I still, I mean, but it has that the same, uh, everything here feels off, but I'm kind of intrigued.
1: Yes, like, I, the whole vibe of the town reminded me of Twin Peaks. Not the, not the same vibe as Twin Peaks, but, like, the whole town is off yeah. in the same way. Um I love the golf carts. I think that's hilarious.
0: It is a fun little touch. I'll give it this is that I think the best thing it has going for it is that it does make it, I mean, it's a whole world feel insular in its own. It's own, like the fact that the camera looks like it's smeared day glow at all times, that score.
1: Oh, yes. And like every family has like a color scheme.
0: Yeah, those pastel, I mean, those pastel like Easter egg colors. It even extends to like the clothes they wear.
2: I, I think that's one of the better parts of the movie, is like the overall production design.
0: Yeah. Um, oh yeah, production design is top notch. I'm not, really not, so I'm not gonna knock it there. there.
1: They actually they actually filmed but, in uh, Roswell, Georgia, which is a golf cart town. Really. Yes. Um. So. Oh.
0: So. No, not not
1: Roswell. It's a uh, Peachtree tree city actually, like outside ah. of Atlanta. Um, like the the whole town area. This. Within the city it's just golf carts, and they have yeah, like cars yeah. on the outside. Um, hey, I which have makes a sense, yeah
0: theory I'd like to propose. Go ahead. I suspect this and Get Out are playing in the same universe.
2: Mm. <laughs> which another- which way?
0: Well well, more they're just like side stories, like both of which are like community or in communities just of weird people and just one normal person just trying to find their way out of it. Yeah. One in a far more disturbing context.
2: <laughs>
1: I could see this playing in the Get Out universe. Like, the, the family watching this, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or like the weird TV shows they watch in this. Oh, yes. Kids with knives!
1: So That's Adult basically Swim. My brother. That's my basically... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I could see this film, like, being shown on Adult Swim.
0: Yeah, that reminded me. One of my, the notes I made was this plays like what if Adult Swim remade the steps for, for wives, but added like one of those 80s like infomercial or horror scores.
2: I
1: love and, that too about this film. It's very, <laughs> like, stylistically really, very 80s and it's infomercial. the late 1980s though.
0: The kind of thing that would ma- end up in like a Skycorp ad or a or one of those <laughs> Everything is Terrible videos.
1: Yeah, I could see that um what, what was your favorite like bit
0: probably the opening if i'm being honest because again the, my main problem is that it kind of tips its hand too early is that it doesn't really have much to set or it satirizes the film goes on like once you kind of get it you kind of get within the first 15 minutes
1: yeah i would have to agree with you yeah, um if they the were
0: to build with it two housewives are going back and forth or in and forth about a dead yoga instructor and then when their first thought is isn't maybe we should take a moment of silence it's i wonder if i should start doing yoga again which. Admittedly, is a really funny joke. Yeah, I just kind of wish it had more stuff like that, but to only make it feel more substantial.
1: I wish they built, um, I wish they built the su- surreal ability of the film, um, or
0: kept it like at a fever pitch.
1: Yeah, and,
0: you know, it is like sustaining it momentum.
1: I I would have to say my favorite bit is when the the kid turned into a dog.
0: Like, I was about of to the say like, Wait. Did that just happen?
1: Yeah. It just <laughs> it's like, All okay, right. this, is, this is the film.
0: All right. Then okay, occasionally things like that. It's more of a curiosity item than like a really, really good film in its own right.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't see myself rewatching this too many more times.
0: Yeah, this is one of the. I like to call stuff like this like a one and done viewing. Like, you watch yeah. it, you like it, and then you kind of get, get it out of your system. Like...
1: Maybe if you're like really inebriated. Might check it out. Again. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Yeah, i This is gonna sound weird, but I think I feel like the short would probably be a lot more uh, fleshed out and fully developed. <laughs> because as a feature, because as a feature, it just feels kind of lo- loose and shag- shaggy. Yeah. And like, okay, where else are we going with this?
1: After they said that, it made a whole, the film make a whole lot more sense.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, my teacher, um, my painting teacher, um, she was in the same theater. Like doing the film fest. Um, I mean, she, she, yeah, she said she actually got up and left um, towards the beginning and just oof. walked out. Yeah.
0: Actually, so um, that reminds me. How was the theater experience with this? Because I can see this going one of two ways. Either everyone was howling, laughing, and like they were along for the ride, or that is some of the most painfully uncomfortable silence I've ever heard.
1: No, every, everyone was along for the ride. I had a few friends sit next to me, um, and they loved it also, but uh, a few people I did see walk out. Um,
0: yeah, I get that. I get, yeah, I'd say like
1: probably like 5% of the theater walked out.
0: I think the only other comedy that I can think of from that year that had this kind of style to it was, uh, the art of self-defense, the one with uh, Jesse Eisenberg.
1: I haven't seen it, but I've been wanting to.
0: It's on Hulu now. If you want to check it out, it's, gr- it's great.
1: It has the same style
0: yeah, similar. Although I'd argue this is a lot more consistent, a lot funnier because it does and it actually has a sense of no narrative and momentum. But it's more like a slow, creeping dread.
2: Yeah, this
1: this, this I would say this lacks narrative and plot, yeah. even.
0: Well, less la- lacking narrative and la- lacking narrative no- momentum.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: the pieces are there. They're just not really put together in an interesting way. Like, I, got, I really don't want to sound like I'm just shitting all over this. I mean, but I just think it's a kind of okay, and I'm struggling with things to say about it, honestly
2: no yeah go ahead
0: it's okay it is very okay
1: (laughs) i like the uh the art direction i'm looking at the poster right now it's it it looks awesome
0: amazing i mean just like those that giant like braces smile and lips
1: i love the braces too and they're like never mentioned
0: oh god the part at the end where she has to take them off with like pliers (laughs) and someone who had who had braces was like god out just out
1: i did like how it got like slowly it, it got progressively a little darker the surrealism but I,
2: it
1: yeah, could have been more
0: i don't think it goes far enough that's the only yeah that's my issue
1: her taking the braces off at the end i thought was hilarious in the darkest way
0: i do kind of want to bring go back to your art of self-defense in relation to this because i do think it plays as a good counterpoint because that also does a good job of setting up it basically its own universe in a familiarly unfamiliar universe, Whereas it's a lot less colorful and uh, a little grainier than th- this, but it's also but it's just as p- specific and uh, well defined. It also has a much darker story turn, one that uh, not everyone's gonna be on board with. I know because I took my family to the draft house and they hated it. I mean, <laughs> that was an awkward watch, but uh, now, no, no,
1: yeah. I, I definitely want to check it out now. Um, after you said that.
0: The best way I've heard people describe it, and I can't I can't uh, disagree with it, is basically imagine if Yorgos Lanthimos and Adam McKay made a movie together.
1: Oh, wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's that kind of humor, just through the most awkward, like, stilted, like, intentional, like, to design to, like, it's where characters explicitly say what they're doing, like, I'm going to punch you in the chest, then punch.
1: <laughs> Yorgos Lanthimos, I like him a lot. Um, I, I like his... I like I dark deep
0: dive into his dark humor.
1: He's actually, uh, you know, since this film is not sponsored by the Criterion, he has all of his well, films on the Criterion channel, <laughs> which, yeah, I want to check out his earlier stuff. But the Lobster, I thought was fantastic.
0: See, I can see some people comparing this to the Lobster.
1: Yeah, in a more um, suburban context.
0: Because I think you, at this point, it's impossible to do a movie centering this heavily about suburbia and not make it satirical. I mean...
2: I can't think of a serious movie about suburbia, honestly. Can you?
0: Over the Edge, maybe? The Jonathan Kaplan film from the late 70s? That's about it. Or maybe or maybe California with a capital K... Spell with a capital K, for some reason. It's a post-apocalyptic movie from the early 90s with Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it, that is real.
1: I, I do love, like, the, the, the satirizing of suburbia um, yeah. in this film, which I would say like, is the subject.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. That stuff work, works. It's, it's got that regular show quality where it feels modern, but, uh, I mean, but they still use tech from, I mean, from, like, 10 to 15 years ago. Like, v, I mean, VCRs, like, golf carts. They drive around in golf carts. They mo- I mean, a lot of the TV they watch doesn't look anything like modern TV.
1: Yeah. yeah, is this shot on film?
0: I'm not sure. Actually, usually it looks like digital. It looks like, and i do not saying a negative criticism. I think I mean digital can actually look really good. Like Mandy, like Mandy was shot on digital. And that looks amazing.
1: I still need to see Mandy.
0: Mandy is. Oh, we're definitely covering Mandy this year. Mark my words.
2: Hi. I'm totally down.
1: Um, Under the Silver Lake was shot on digital, and it looks okay. awesome. But it it does look digital.
0: Yeah, I don't begrudge any film for shooting on digital these days. You know. No, no. I was gonna say like Sean Baker. Uh, I remember he, in his Letterbox reviews, I always he always mentions like whether it's shot on film or digital, or in digital, and he kind of has a thing against digital. I'm like, okay, I get it, but I also have to acknowledge things get expensive. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's so much cheaper and efficient. Yeah. Um, saving time.
0: I mean, for this, like, if you're gonna shoot. Like, if you're going to shoot on film and digital for your indie production, obviously digital is the way to go. I'm going to go if you're lacking time or resources, if you're lacking.
1: Yeah, like Christopher Nolan, he's been shooting all of his stuff on film because he can. You know? I just
0: saw the Tenet trailer last night. I'm like, he, I still like that he's still pushing his stuff forward, that he isn't coasting.
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: actually, there's a, at, there's, a which there's, there's a scene at the end of the Tenet trailer that reminds me. I mean, It feels like that's just a, a metaphor for Christopher Nolan pitching us an action scene to executives.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, where he's talking uh, about
0: the plane, he's like, "I mean, like we're cra- we're playing on crashing a plane, okay, but not in midair, okay. I mean, that's, <laughs> don't worry, it's not too dramatic. The size of the plane, however, that's dramatic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the time runs out.
0: Yep, you know, you know, that is a very dramatic title. Tad- yeah, I'm really curious to see how he plays with like reverse time in that.
1: Oh, I'm so and excited! Like the
0: somebody. stuff with like the, right, the bullet coming out of that stone wall and back into the gun, or go the car like getting out of I mean, like reversing out of a crash. I'm like, wow, that is a giant head trip, and I cannot wait to see that in action.
1: He's been playing with time like his whole career. Yep, he's kind of marketing off of it now, but in a way that's excusable, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's fair. Some people are wondering if it's in the same universe as Inception. I'm like. Yes, but also I'm not sure if Christopher Nolan was that kind of filmmaker to do that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't see him as that kind of guy.
0: Or maybe it's like one of the one of those uh, one of those John Carpenter apocalypse trilogy or Cornetto trilogy, where it's three separate films, but it's technically considered a trilogy.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. What was that called? Tenet. No. Oh, what was the tr-
0: trilogy? That's John Carpenter's films: The Thing, or In Prince of Darkness, and uh, In the Mouth of Madness.
1: Okay, I've seen the thing. Um, yeah, I'll check out the others.
0: Right? It's got a cameo by Alice Cooper. So, oh, nice. I uh, speaking of uh, film festivals from earlier, I actually saw In the Mouth of Madness at a horror film festival a couple years ago.
1: Nice, you
0: know, that it, they had uh, three films that we were guaranteed there and uh, two surprise ones. One of which was John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness, the other was uh, David Cronenberg's The Dead Zone.
1: I haven't seen any Cronenberg, but I've been really wanting to.
0: Which I'm so happy I got to see the Dead Zone in the theater because that's one of his most underrated and I think one of his best.
1: I haven't been to a film festival that doesn't show like uh, movies for the first time, like that aren't premiering.
0: And this is more like a marathon than a thing. Like it was, they showed it at the Lucas Theater. It's a thing they do every Halloween called Fright Fest. Oh, nice. I've
2: yeah, yeah. The last I took to it
0: out go again. That was because it's always a good time. There's always other fans there. You can interact with them. Well, that last year was counted as an extra credit thing, so
1: yeah. That's one thing I do love about our school; is they have cool stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Beck Bennett? What did what does he add to this film? Fun. I think. I mean, I
0: th- I still I am baffled by the whole obsession with drinking pool water, <laughs> which I think I can't tell. That's just one more little detail, or that is that trying to satirize something specific? That's a weird.
1: I i would i would just pitch it as like a
0: just a I fun detail
1: yeah <laughs> um i think he he adds the perfect tone to it um you know like with his snl background um just as like a the funny guy you know
0: i was gonna say i was actually a little curious why it was S- or an snl types like him and neil case and not really like guys like tim heidecker and eric Wareheim. i mean because snl is a very different type of humor from from adult swim, not wor- necessarily worse, just different. It plays with di- it plays to different crowds. It plays.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that it might have been too on the nose to have them.
0: Uh, I think it's good casting. I like Beck Bennett yes. one of these like, like polo shirt wearing and wearing airheads. I'm like, yeah, that fits. That fits.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, great casting. I, I love Beck Bennett in this film. Yeah.
0: You seen anything good recently?
1: Yes, I saw. Um, I actually rewatched *There Will Be Blood*. I'm doing a um, writing a paper on it today for my sound class, and it's just oh, amazing you. to see that again. I love that movie so much. Yep. Love Paul Thomas Anderson.
0: Plain view and I'm an oil man. One more I drink your milkshake. Oh God, I remember my my Letterboxd review. I I watched for the first time last night. Great, great stuff. Was the Virgin Sunday versus the Chad Plainview. <laughs> He was like, "I'm not entirely wrong about that. I'm not. That is kind of the story." I mean, yeah. That's actually one. I'm like, if you were, go, if you were going to like really commit to like a deadpan bait, you could write a whole thesis about, about how <laughs> uh, the film analyzed through that lens.
1: I guess so. Yeah. Um, hit, it, Daniel Day Lewis's performance as Daniel Plainview. I think like that might be the best performance of the decade
0: fair that's fair i mean it's definitely not an easy competition i'll say that it's definitely a distinct performance
2: oh yeah
1: and especially like seeing interviews of him like in real life he just seems like a a quaint little like quiet yeah little british gay guy
0: yeah it's like it's like when you see liam neeson in movies and then liam neeson in like interviews and stuff Because, like, in your movies, you like, most intense, like, or at least reserved and commanding performance, but one isn't. And everybody's like, oh, hello. <laughs> what have
1: I mean, you like, seen guy, recently? apparently
0: one of the nicest guys in the industry. One of the
1: nice. I could see that. He seems like a really nice guy. Yep. What have you seen recently?
0: I watched a little horror movie called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night.
1: Oh, really? Was, was that on a uh, movie?
0: Uh, yeah, it was on a movie for a couple days.
1: Sponsored you know, by a movie?
0: Surf Nazis Must Die.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> yes, that is an actual movie, and that is the actual title. And that, I might put the poster in the description for this, because, oh boy, that was a doozy.
1: I, I looked that film up on Letterboxd, and it looked definitely unique.
0: Which one? Uh, Surf Nazis or Girl Ma- no- Ma- no- on Night?
1: Surf Nazis.
0: Yeah, it's it's from the same guys who put out the Toxic Avengers, so mm. that kind of explains everything right there.
1: Like Velosa pastor
0: Uh eh, not trauma but i get that trauma is a lot nastier than not like nastier in the sense of mean-spirited although there are some pretty cruel gags and like to- in the toxic avenger movies but it's more I mean, it's more just gross it was like everything is like slimy and covered of film in film
2: the surf nazis was gross
0: yeah and eh, it has uh, its moments it has its but seriously a girl walks home alone at night Eyes is the one i wanted to talk about because uh, i i watched the director's other film uh, the bad batch with it's a post apocalyptic movie with Keanu reeves and jim carrey
1: oh wow that sounds awesome
0: oh yeah it it's definitely a slower movie but if you're it's and i what i call specify as for an acquired taste but if you got netflix you got a couple hours to kill and you're open for something a little different check out the bad batch because that is that is a really interesting jo- also, Keanu um, Reeves plays a cult leader named The Dream. In that film? Yep. Jim Carrey um, is almost unrecognizable as like a homeless man. And uh, Jason Momoa plays a cannibal called Miami Man.
1: I'm putting it on my watch list right now. That yeah, it awesome.
0: is. Not for everyone, but I, I remember putting in my top 20 for that year.
2: And that was a good year, too, 2016.
0: Yeah, t- 2017, actually. Because that's the thing. I'm going to go on a little nitpick here. There's the thing I don't really like about Letterboxd is when I mean is that they don't go by the year that it actually came out. It goes by the year it first hits festivals, which, once we I prefer to go and go by a film's year whenever I'm making these lists. It's like when did it become the available to the most amount of people? Like was it, when was it given a wider theatrical release or when was it given a VOD or on demand? That's
1: yeah, I, I I see what you mean. I I would have to agree with Letterboxd, is like when was the film finished and like when was it first shown to audiences? Yeah, that's but. fair. Um.
2: Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I do I love Letterbox.
0: It's apple. I mean, it's apples and oranges, and it's just not worth picking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: Um. No, Letterbox will sell it though.
0: I've yeah, they're, they're fair. Found so,
1: many, so fair many great now. Oh, really?
0: I think it functions like the A24 podcast, where it's just an interview. But I need. I still need to give it a listen.
1: The A24 podcast is fantastic.
0: Yep. I have uh, a it. side I imagine.
1: Oh, yeah. um,
2: They had one with... Shit, I'm blanking on the names. It's um...
0: all good, man. Did I mention last time we w- I watched Capone?
2: Oh, no. How was that?
0: That was... Well, speaking of movies for an acquired taste, uh, it doesn't shock me at all that this thing got, let's be honest, mixed reception. Reception, but... The idea that anyone was going to take a figure as lionized or as Al Capone and then, like, just show him at his worst point is kind of, is already it's on, on its own fascinating, but there's parts of this movie that develop into, like, full-on horror. Like, they turn his, ma- basically turn his mansion to like, the Overlook Hotel, It was just, like, him wandering alone at, at times, and, like, there's, like, a shot of him just, like, puffing away at a cigar, cigar with, like, a lighter to his face. It's one of the creepiest things I've seen in the movie.
1: That sounds, that sounds interesting. Um, I heard. I heard it was Lynchian. Would you consider it Lynchian?
0: That's entirely fair. There's uh actually there's a scene like in the middle, of you in know, you know, where he uh where he wanders through like old memories, like him receiving or you know, like money, or money at this party, and then like get, getting shot at by the cop you know, cops, and it plays like this like nightmare Overlook Hotel or you a know, Tell style sequence. I think that sounds
2: is, really interesting. It makes me want to see it more. The
0: best thing Josh Trank's ever directed. And this is going from someone who is a huge fan of Chronicle. Oh. The
1: the old man makeup doesn't look that convincing.
0: It's actually not that bad. What, what You'll you'll probably be more off-put by the voice he does, because he goes like full, or in full gangster with it initially, but as the movie goes on, you get used to it. He's like, okay, here's what we gotta do. We was gonna make it big. <laughs> he goes like, oh yeah, he goes that, but he goes like full gravelly with it.
1: Interesting. He's a, he's a he's a fantastic actor.
0: T- um, he does like, go yeah.
1: yeah. He does go all the way with the voices like in like uh, Venom.
0: Even it's like, like Venom, he still commits to it.
2: Yeah. He's like
0: climbing like, in a lobster tank.
2: Yeah. <laughs> in the
0: middle of, of a crowded scene.
1: He was definitely the best part of that film. Oh yeah. Just him acting fantastic.
0: One more thing thing uh, I still haven't f- finished talking about lo- Girl Walks on a Little lo- Night. There's two more movies I'm kind of on the spotlight. Girl yeah, Walks go ahead. Night, which is a black and white Iranian vampire western. Awesome. Right. right, which I was quite frankly like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. And then it keeps going on, like, okay, I'm really digging it. i this. Probably one of my favorite discoveries recently, honestly. I think I might t- send this to a few friends if I can if I can find it anywhere still.
2: I actually saw um, Mishima really? recently. It was fantastic.
0: I, I hope we don't dwell on that too long, because I actually do want to dedicate a full episode of that.
1: Okay, yes. we. I would love to. I would love to, um, yep. I would love to re-watch it. Um, it. Fantastic. Highly I recommend. I
0: believe I put it on the calendar for November. Nice. Perfect.
1: Um, I did also finally watch Paris, Texas.
0: Ooh, what did you think of that?
1: i I totally see what you mean um when you said that it was uh your version of um lost in translation
0: or like in terms of experience, not like the
1: yes yeah, 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 totally um, no, I liked it. um I thought there were some really good parts and some like really slow kind of boring parts, but it w- it was meant to be slow i think um it
0: wasn't like like a deep like like deep breath. Or in breathing where you're just like taking it in, it's all good. Like,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. And then but it did it did also get like slow, slow.
0: Yeah. Um, I do I do love the end I do love the ending and I do love the beginning a lot.
1: Oh, the ending was amazing. And like the shot the
0: ending's great. The, end. the
1: shot of her like uh in the hotel, like the fake hotel.
0: Yeah, that's just it's a great a, it's one of the best I moments in the, 80, in the 80s, or in the eighties and yeah, I'm happy this one. I think this one, the Palm Door, that year. I think that one. It's your. Should, it should I, I could see it. I know it was a huge awards thing. I, I, and everything except the Oscars, oddly enough.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't care too much about the Oscars anymore.
0: I don't blame. Blame you. I'm Like, if you win, that's great. If you don't, you don't.
2: Yeah, because
1: like the movies that are talked about from the past didn't even win Oscars, or like they weren't even nominated. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, like
0: It's weird to me how many... Speaking of which, like, I know we're, this is the episode where we go tangents upon tangents, but I'll probably just qualify the episode as greener grass, dot, 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 and a bunch of other stuff.
2: Yes, that's totally acceptable.
0: And I was wrong. It did not win the Palm d'Or that year. It was... It did win... Oh, wait, went, never mind, it did. It says it on the poster. My... That, one more thing. One... Another and another appearance from our uh, from our favorite our favorite DP, uh, Robert Mueller shot this. Yes, he did. Yeah, but also um, has, I argue it has the same quality as Repo Man, mainly in the stuff at the end. We like the same those like heavy green and blue colors.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, like the, the um
2: fully saturated. Yeah.
0: It's not the prettiest way of shooting in the desert, but it's probably one of the most honest I've seen in the movie. Like the way it captures him, or in, like loneliness of you know, the area, like the quiet. Okay, one more one more side film, then we'll probably go back to Greener Grass. Yeah, go ahead. Have you seen the documentary Have a Good Trip yet?
1: I have not, but I have seen it advertised on Netflix.
0: I I think this might be one hundred percent your jam. It's basically a compilation of uh, celebrities telling their own stories with the uh, psychedelics and hallucinogens, and uh, it is very entertaining. They even get uh, Adam Scott at one point to do um, a fake or in a fake one of those after school drug PSAs. <laughs> and the sad thing is it's pretty accurate to how those things played because I remember having to watch those in elementary school they still when they still had like remember you know, like the cheap or in the cheap tvs and v h s
1: oh no, i I remember that also Does it I mean, promote the use of it's drugs
0: on our time I mean considering how, how like those were like the early nineties when those were still being made I mean, and yet they still get shown it's still weird I wonder if that's the case now I wonder if that's.
1: I don't know. I could see it being, like, really cheesy now.
2: Yeah, oh.
0: that's the point. I mean, also, Nick Offerman's in it, and he explains to you what we're in different hallucinogens do to your brain. Like <laughs> like a Bill Nye segment, it's kind of great.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I'll definitely
1: check it out. It uh, It's on yeah. my watch list.
0: It's it's short, it's sweet, and it's actually kind of fun, and it's fun while it lasts. Yes. But that's greener grass. I'd yeah. I'd probably say a 5 or a 6. Probably a 6.
1: Walking out of the, of the theater, I gave it an eight. But after after mulling over it for a while, um,
0: there's I part
2: six or seven. I'm like, yeah.
0: Okay, I'm like, I'm just, I know I reserve the term unfunny for movies that are like painful, where the jokes don't like, let, dip, or don't land at all. Oh, but if it's a movie where with jokes that I don't recognize as jokes, I'm like that's I mean that causes a little self introspection, like. Okay, is this just not working for me, or is there something wrong with me that I'm not picking up on?
1: Yeah, I thought that a few times during the film, um, like when some jokes just didn't land. Um,
0: like I, I, don't know. I like the la- I mean, the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes, everything else is just kind of meh. It's worth Well, there, a money, though, I'd say. yeah,
1: there were for for me like during the during the middle, there were a few jokes, it was just a few moments that I really thought were funny, but then. Didn't yeah,
0: go like, the ball, like the kid turning into the dog, which is just such an odd idea that you're just kind of, <sighs> of slap.
1: yeah. I thought that was so funny.
0: What about the soccer ball pregnancy?
1: Oh my gosh, that 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 was so funny too. I'm like, but...
0: okay, I'm like, there's more, like, where it leads up to, I'm like, okay, that's clearly fake. Is the movie like aware of this or am like that's another one of those I'm I can't tell if this if this is dumb
2: yeah it w- the whole movie
1: borders on dumb the whole time
0: yeah i think that's kind
1: of which is uh, yeah i think it's kind of the point i
2: would agree with you
0: again like i just wish it built to was like a stronger ending or at least had something they think the best it's gonna be this is gonna be weird because this is so aesthetically different from it but the movie this reminds me most of this de- in the last decade is uh ben wheatley's high rise
2: mm, and I like it. kind
0: of dystopian like recognize recognizable future or in the future, and how everything's like devolving into madness. I
1: I would like to have seen this like, maybe they could do like a wide shot, uh, like an aer- aerial shot, um, just yeah. like zooming zooming out of the town and see like the rest of the world. It's like
0: I was gonna say like I think just to that is that little scene at the end where uh, where she's in the golf cart, and she literally just goes to, like some random stranger's house, and she's like completely detached from, I mean, from this day glow eighties infomercial world.
2: Yeah, I could.
0: Actually, yeah. I wonder if – I can't tell – I think you know, some of this might come from, like, a low budget, so I don't – again, I really don't want to be that guy.
1: No, no. You, you, I do you can tell it is a low budget
0: film. I more than I like it, I think, is the best way I can put it.
1: I would agree with that. Um, I think if they had, like, different writers come and help them work on structure. Um, yeah,
0: I was about to say, this is one of those – this needs a our draft. This needs – Yeah. not because it's bad, but more – part of it's just inert.
2: I think just just more rewrites Again, would definitely help
1: the
0: film. A very good opening. Like I do think that dialogue is not only funny, but it also is actually very point pointed and has some good things to say about soci- society.
2: So, so sorry. I,
0: I can't believe that meme has ruined that word for me. You know, I can't use that without thinking about it.
1: What what memes have you been been on lately, Jay?
0: in society gamers rise up. The whole Joker thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've uh, been on been to Karen memes recently
0: oh we had the Karen, the karens
1: especially with the like the whole pandemic um there's yeah. been a lot of memes
0: the sad thing is my mom's middle name is karen Ooh. she's absolutely not that kind of person okay like, yeah <laughs> she was just kind of like oh i'm like it's okay no no you're not you're fine you're fine.
2: you're not a karen
0: <laughs> you are definitely not a karen <laughs> yeah i going back to high rise because i do think there is a compare only there because this actually does have, maybe it helps because it's based on a book by J.G. Ballard, who, um, if you want to know, he also wrote a, he wrote the book Crash, he wrote a Cocaine Nights, what else, or an Atrocity Exhibition, and uh, most famously of all, he wrote Empire of the Sun, the mm. book that was a Spielberg film.
1: Yeah, I just added it to my watch list. Yeah.
0: The film's about, I mean, this this uh, high-rise complex in, like, a near-future Britain that's uh, kind of, one of those retro-future years that looks like the late, li- in the mid to late seventies, because that's when the book written in I'm happy they kept the period because it had so much personality in the movie. Like the god, the way they shoot the party sequence and the music they you use right, it just creates this atmosphere.
1: That reminds me of uh, I watched the show Maniac recently. They did the same yeah. thing. Have you seen that?
0: My favorite thing Netflix has ever produced.
1: Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Um they they had like a very eighties like while I think it was set in the it was yeah, it was set in the near fu- yeah. future.
0: Like seventy nine through like eighty three though, like probably catch like fire takes place in the show. But they
1: they had cell phones, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Retro
1: Oh yeah, retro retro
0: Retro, retro futurism, where retro like it future. is probably, clearly in the future, but it's designed to look like the past. Yeah. That's kind like my every out of movies.
1: I could totally see that being your favorite. Yeah. Um They they had like old eighties like VHSs and
0: like oh god, the fact that the whole um or the the whole drug corporations, uh, or logo looks like the IBM logo.
1: Yes. <laughs> and like the supercomputer looking like yeah, you know, very old.
0: Look like something out, looks like something out of uh, or it looks like something out of Silent Running or Dark Star, or, Al- or Alien actually. It is that
1: honestly might be one of my favorite things Netflix has produced. I would I would agree with that.
0: Yeah, it's probably one of the strongest works of fiction about mental health health I've seen in a long time
2: that's an interesting statement question? yeah i think i would i would probably agree with you
1: um
0: going back to high rise i actually do have a point to make about this is that i think i think there's what makes that or a more, more watchable, or more watch or in a compelling film is uh is that it actually has a more sense of a momentum like Right, because or in, first it's divided into two halves in sorts or in, the first half is where everything goes swimmingly but you can tell something's gonna burst the middle ha- or in half or half and then the the second half is where things start to go mad mad, and actually devolve into full on chaos and ruin. And then there's this m- moment, I can't spoil it, You, if you've read the book or seen the movie, you know what t- moment I'm talking about, that is kind of the dividing line.
2: Mm. yeah, Congrats, I really definitely want to check that. it out now.
0: And then I'm saying every movie needs to have the same structure because, well, that'd be boring, let's be honest. Yes. Which is why, when I, I mean, as a screenwriter, I've never really ascribed to the ideas of um Blake Snyder or who's the guy, or Sid Field, or Sid Field or Robert McKee? is because because I'd I don't like, like the idea of having to trying to put every script into a box.
1: Yeah, I don't think every story needs to be told like that. I think yeah, it, like, it, it, it will help it structure
0: like, how some... it for something like Mandy. Or Mandy, or like some ro- or RoboCop, or even I'm like. Sometimes it's okay to let something live and breathe in its own context, like like this.
1: Or even um, until the end of the world.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, th- this is a movie, I just recommend it. You know what? I just don't recommend
2: it. Yes, I would.
0: And, when, and all of a sudden, because it's one of those things where, like, here's the, these movies I respect, but don't, I mean, really love that I've seen other people let, like, fall head over heels for. Them. like, you know what? More power to you, man. Good on you.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way about certain films, too. I would recommend this if you're into Adult Swim.
0: Yeah, that kind of, I mean, Yeah, I had a friend who, who again, I'll, I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode Todd Salons meets Tim and Eric. I can't really think of a better comparison. Because <laughs> this does have the same like she knew it like too many cooks and those other infomercials did.
1: Oh, I love too many cooks. Yeah.
0: Yep. We got a few special episodes planned. I'm not going to spend a but We're thinking about we're thinking about doing covering Adult Swim at some point, early something.
1: Just like their, their overall content, yeah, like
0: we I mean, I think the list I voted it down to was off the air, their infomercials, or the Aquatine Hunger Force movie.
2: Because
0: mm. that is, the I one, would be like, down to all of so those. It actually produces a full length movie, so that could work.
1: I love the off the air series, that's a fantastic I
0: mean, It's It's good for like, I like to keep it in the background when I'm writing, I mean, when I'm drawing because it's good, like, cre- gets the creative juices flowing.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I um I am a big fan of it when you know. Yeah, late night parties, you uh, the know.
0: Infomercials, the infomercials are the one that I like because it all it speaks to my inner prankster. Yes. <laughs> because like, just show it to an unsuspecting friend, like, "Hey guys, we should watch this," <laughs> and then <you> just <laughs> can't wait for them like to infer it to dawn on them that something's very wrong here.
1: I would love to work for Adult Swim.
0: Oh yeah, me too, man. It's cool that uh, some other some uh, it's been kind of a launching pad for personality. T- times, right. so like uh, I think there was this animator named uh, Psychic Pebbles who got his own pilot recently, and uh, one of the voices on that vi- and on that pilot was a uh, Mike from Red Letter Media. Which, mm-hmm. wow, it's surreal to hear Mr. Plankin' on TV. <laughs> anyway. anyway, I think that's all we got. Ha- we got for this episode. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. This um, is probably I think the- we, we've covered it all.
0: Well, as much as we can right now. Right now, there are probably smarter voices that can talk about this movie on its own terms, but yeah, this,
1: I think we, we've said all we could say about it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Sometimes, sometimes it's okay to know. Right, a man's got to know his limitations and such. <laughs>
1: Indeed. Yep.
0: I'm think you know. I'm thinking about just calling this the episode where we earn where we go into the most amount of tangents. <laughs> anyway.
1: Yeah, greener grass slash. All right
0: slash everything else we've been thinking about with film recently. And to <laughs> distract us from the current pandemic outside. We're still on day 65 of that. day. Six. Oh, boy.
1: Well, My state is, like, basically already opened up.
0: Alright, I've I've he- I've heard.
1: I was, like, in a coffee shop.
0: Is it no, it's, like it's going to get worse?
1: It's... I, I honestly can't tell. I was in the coffee shop just hanging out, doing homework for, like, two or three hours the other day and like it just seemed fine it seemed like it did like six months ago um okay. so i don't know it, yeah. it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how it's it's good we're uh going back to school in the fall
0: yeah yeah i was gonna say i i'm so happy because
2: so... i know some schools good. aren't but i'm yeah. glad yeah. ours
0: Anyway, if you like the podcast, incast, you can find us on Twitter at just simply at Warp Celluloid. Warp. Ryan Lloyd, just type in the name of the podcast, and you'll find us right there. You can find us on Letterbox. Just search up our names. Yep. It might be Jack Rourke and uh,
1: Chandler Williams.
0: Right. If you, we are. uh... We can't promise quality per se, but you'll find us interesting.
2: And in, yeah, you'll definitely find us interesting.
0: Pro- probably the only page that rates kick ass higher than. And then Paris, Texas. <laughs> I only like Avatar, though, because I still love both, just for different reasons. I'm I
1: honestly it, have not it. seen yep. Kick-Ass.
0: Yeah, I rewatched it last night. Probably still my favorite superhero movie of the decade. Really? Yep. I will write a piece about that soon for my blog, which I... Wow, I haven't touched that in the longest time.
1: I need to watch Kick-Ass. I've heard so many good things about it. Yep. Anyways. Okay, we're, in,
0: we're, in, we're in Jack. We're in Jack. This is Jack... So I, we're signing off and
1: uh chandler signing off as well
0: anyway thanks for listening everyone peace <laughs>